What happens when a couple of guys who have spent the last 20 years working on their writing craft finally decide to get serious about publishing? Only to face a crumbling industry, AI written books, and a deluge of amateur self-publishing? Well, let's find out. On this episode, we discuss the Hollywood writer strike, the pros and cons of AI, and our plan to make it as writers. This is Hacking It with Dan Allen and Rob C. Hey, Rob. We're going to discuss uh, a little bit about why we're here and uh, what we're doing with our own individual writing journey. So my big thing as as a writer right now is that I am a super, super busy, you know, at work, super busy with family, super busy with all the things in my life. And I'm trying to figure out, Robert, is how do I balance all of that? And then how do I try to get into the publishing business with my writing because at this point i think you and i are on the same page we are both super serious about not just our craft i think we've been serious about our craft for many years um since 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 high school i'm in my 20s i mean my second 20s but you know (laughs) so i think that's you know what what brought us together from the get-go it was just that we had such a an interest in writing and we've been doing it for for decades now um life has gotten a lot in the way and a lot of us we're like a lot of people if if, if someone's out there who's a podcaster who's any kind of creative person an artist uh, a photographer a, a would-be journalist a freelancer you know we're coming in now in our second 20s as i call them <laughs> with a lot of experience and energy and in just talking with you it just it's it it can be felt that we have a, a sort of recommitted to this. You know, I've been writing novels. You've been working on it as well, and we're reaching for that next step. Except we're finding out, and I think that this writer strike really put a focal point on it. It really means a lot. Um, it's about creativity itself, about how we're going to do things, and how and and who is going to get to do them. That's always been the question, Dan. I mean, when we were young, what did we dream about, right? How, we, we, what was our process? How did we think we were going to get there? I thought it was all about talent and um, that if you had enough talent, eventually find an agent. Agent would get us yeah. connected to, to a publishing house. The one thing I've noticed and realized that it, it has less to do about talent. So you need to know all the other things that are going on that also impacts. I mean, I think, I think we both agree that we're going to write no matter what. If nobody ever reads a word yeah. of our writing, we're going to write because that's who we are. I would love personally, um, in our third twenties, <laughs> to be able to yeah. spend more time writing than we do other things. Well, that's a that's an interesting perspective. I um, I don't plan for that far. Not because, of course, I don't want to be writing then, but because I, there are so many things that get in the way as we've talked. And so the time is now. And that's, one of, that's why we're here. We're here talking to each other and we've been talking to each other because we're on the same track in terms of the let's get this done. And just as we're getting this done in the past, it was about writing those query letters or those publishers, getting those rejection letters, collecting them, you know. Um, it was about that. And then it became about, you know, we're generation Xers, we're generation, we're Gen Xers. So 
who we are has a lot to do with what we do and what we really do um, besides professional jobs that we have and we have had. I mean, doesn't it feel like we're both sort of climbing out of a bunker and like, okay, we're ready for this. And then surprise, the, the rules have changed. Yeah, no, the rules have totally changed. And I was thinking, man, if I had only reached this point like 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> before everything became self-publishing and now artificial intelligence it's like one of my thoughts is man that's not fair it's like i'm finally there i'm finally i've got that yeah it's a sense of confidence and what you've said you've told me it's uh, faith in myself but now i'm also thinking that and and you kind of helped me realize this is that all of these new tools and all these change rules are now opportunities i like the i like what you're saying I'm going to play a little bit more into some of my latest fears of it. And I think it's going to be something that people can relate to. And if they don't, they don't. What, what can I do? It's just that the, the this game is has changed. And it's, it's, it's why that writer strike is so relevant, because it exposes one big thing. And that's that corporations, especially here in America, have been really playing, playing creative people for a long time. Okay? They've monopolized a lot. We now have tools that, at least in the 2010s, that allowed a lot of people to just get their work, their name out there, to to get, uh, you know, to be sort of indie. You know, what's happened to this indie movement? Well, it got swallowed up by a bunch of corporations anyway. And the same thing, and I like what you're saying. I, I think that that's the premise of what you and I are going to be doing here, which is a little bit of an experimentation, because I, I know that you don't claim to know anything more than anybody else, neither do I. We have some experience, but I think we're going to be learning or trying to learn whether our premise is right, whether we're, we're going to test out. Is there is this a, a new time of, of some opportunities and how can we exploit them? How can we use the open AI, the chat GPT tools that are developing um, in a way that we can um, somehow gain an advantage as individual you know, creative people or content creators, whatever you want to call yourselves? Um, right now, we, we're looking at if, let's say you wanted to be a freelance writer, uh, a freelance journalist, you're like, oh, let's try about how about MSN.com. You know, that's one of the big ones. They have a lot of junky type uh, articles that you read. You know what I'm talking about. You go on your computer and there's, you know, that, that area where it shows a lot of articles. Uh, a lot of them are really dumb. Uh, but guess what happened? Uh, just a, in the last two years, all of those people have been fired. I mean, not all of them, but a, a huge number, thousands. Of writers have been have been fired, and that's just one company. All across comes CNET, which is a people will recognize that as a as a huge uh, technology review, mainly technology review um, company, has also fired their writers. It was very controversial. They're using AI, Dan. They're using AI to to write articles. Yeah, uh, and so that was a path that writers used to kind of get their name out there. What you and I are going to try to do is to see how we can. Well, first of all, our Our joint project that we're going to do is a book about writing. So this is this is something we decided. This is how we came together. We we decided yeah, yeah. To, first we decided, hey everybody, and I'm not everybody. Hey Rob, hey Dan, let's do a book on writing. And I was okay. Let's I can try to see how this could be done. And the more we thought about it, the more the more relevant this whole AI came. So what do you what do you think we should do? 
Yeah. So I like, how can we use the, the current tools? And this is going to be an experiment because you and I have some very uh, strong passion projects we're working on, but as we're doing that, we want to kind of test the waters a little bit yeah. and see how some of these tools can be used. So Ken, as we write this book about writing and just using our knowledge and our experiences and what we've learned on our own, can we use chat GPT to help mm -hmm. us with that? Does that um, does that interfere with the quality of the writing? Does yeah. it make our lives simpler because we we are so strapped for time and, and um, we're so yeah. busy? And then what happens when we get there? Like I think I think you and I we want to test out the the traditional publishing route. We want to test out the yes. self publishing route and the different options out there, so that it gives us a little bit of dress rehearsal as we get our really uh, passion projects out there. So I, I tried this last night. So you and I, we have the shared document. We're writing notes about writing. And I've been logging some of my thoughts about writing. Mm -hmm. But they're kind of mishmash thoughts. They have some themes. They're not, it's not really structured well. And so I plugged each of those into chat GPT last night. And so it, it's, it's interesting because it, um, it does give it the structure I didn't have. It, it labeled it. I said, write it like a book about writing. And it focused on my thoughts. But some of it feels like gap fillers. And um, <laughs> so I think it's, it, does a, it does an okay job. It certainly maybe, maybe made it the draft a little bit easier. I mean, we can get very meta. One, one, we're going to try many things. I think whoever's joining us, I, I hope that people do come to this and and it's, if anything, just to just to know that there are other people in the same in their same you know in the same boat. But this really kind of um, infringes upon not only my personhood, but I, I would say my own uh, path as a as a writer. Um, like you said, in the end, uh, we're just going to stubbornly continue to do it. Uh, there are a lot of things at play right now. There are lawsuits that are pending. Uh, they're inevitably far behind what the corporations are already doing. People have to understand one thing, Dan, about these um, these new so-called tools. They're really not the tools that you think. We're going to discover. We're going to try to use them. We're going to benignly try to use them and, sh and share what we learn. Maybe maybe we can use it. Maybe we can't. We're, we're not really in one side or the other. We, we're going to see if, if they do. And if they do, then we want to share that knowledge. And maybe that's useful for someone. Uh, but really what these so-called tools are, are uh, just a part of an experiment that the corporations have law uh, have launched. What the, the what people are reviewing, the tools that we're going to that we're going to be using, those aren't the ones those are like the betas. OK, even if they're, they look really sharp, which they are, the minute you start learning of them, uh, there's something going to be rolled out in a few weeks and a few weeks later. We're never going to be able to keep up. So I want people to know that what we're really going to be learning is what Dan was saying, the prompting, how to use this. Uh, it really reminds me a lot of Star Trek and the holodeck. And the better you could you know, remember that, <laughs> the yeah. better you could uh, talk to the computer and give it the right prompts, the better the illusion would be or would come out. And if you didn't do it right, which inevitably, who knows why start the enterprise kept this holodeck because it was just a disaster all the time. And if you didn't do it right, well, somehow the, the holiday could, you know, have real bullets in the things or things would get out of whack. Um, so what we want to learn is how to, first of all, get our feet wet 
with this. And we're going to, people are going to come along our ride, just like you spelled it out, um, trying everything. It's an all points attack. Um, I feel, and I'm just going to be a little bit pessimistic. Maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. <laughs> but, but I think that there are really, there's a really good chance that we're, we're going to fail. Um, and I'd like to know how that tragic failure is going to happen. Hell, maybe I'll write a novel about that. <laughs> And this is where it's like, you know, hacking it. What, what can, what can, what is, what is hacking it? Yeah, that you know, it's like, as far as this book goes, what I'm looking for, like you and I can, can brainstorm a bunch of ideas we already have. And I think just a little bit more brainstorming, if we plug that into ch chat GPT, we'll have full length chapters because it will, what I've noticed is that it will center on the idea that you plug into it and then it will, it will explain it within the context of what it understands, what's out there. Um, and we know that these large language models are all about word associations, right? Relationships between words. And so it can be a good gap filler for here and there. It's basically this, Dan. It's an eight ball. I'm showing Dan an eight ball. And it's, in an eight ball, you can ask, uh, is this project going to work? Well, let's see. It's saying, uh, I think it's saying something. Uh, most likely. I like it. Most likely. That's pretty good. So I think that we're going to end up with a thing that looks like to have been almost competently written that will have yep. gaps in, in that just human imperfection that is needed. I'll elaborate more on that as I go along. But the idea of, of using a tool like chat, GPT, OpenAI is also attached to this notion of perfection, of high competency, of quick, like you said, hacking it is, or hacking something, finding a hack is related in most people's minds to finding a quick way to do something. Yeah. Uh, sometimes not so quick, but maybe cheap or free or you know uh on your own do it yourself so oh, have you have you noticed have you looked up on 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 youtube is full of low content book ideas using using ai so basically um creating coloring books this is a hack and it's a very hurtful one to people that are trying to do the real work using our minds our oh, experience yeah. Everything else, um, I'm very skeptical about the AI. I think we'll end up creating a little bit of a Frankenstein. Not, yeah. not. We shouldn't even call it the AI. I call it a mimetic system because it's all it is. It's it's a copycat. It's kind of a poser. It's a bit of a thing that pretends to be something else and patches things in a collage way that, to most of us, make sense. There's a coherence there that's been achieved. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. That's the illusion of sentience. But it's an illusion, folks. It's not the real you and me. I mean, later on, they're going to go and this AI is not limited to what we to the things that we've already mentioned. It's the entire, entire uh, spectrum of human creativity, which includes even making a, a video like this. I could be deep faked in the future. Not me, not me personally, but I could become part of an amalgam just like you of many different things that it can create people, it can create the illusion, you know, writers, uh, artists, uh, filmographers, anybody like this, th that's what we learn. We learn to create an illusion. Um, and this has, this is a tool that does that. 
it does it apparently very uh, efficient with the lower content stuff. Um, tell me about that thing you mentioned, you know, about having an edge over, you know, how can and for whom can this be useful then? What's your idea about them? Let, let's go away from my neg negativity. I think this could be a so th I think of chat GPT, AI, open AI, all these things right now for as far as writing goes. And I don't, I can't speak on all the other areas. I mean, it's affecting, you know, science, it's affecting um, industry and all it's politics, all of these other areas mm -hmm. of life. I'm just, we're just talking about writing as far as writing goes to me. And if you use it the right way, it's almost like a microwave. So, you know, the microwave doesn't create the food. You've got to stick the frozen hot pocket in the microwave, but the microwave can magically make it ready for you in just literally two minutes. That's what I'm looking for with this book on writing. Because yeah, yeah, because we've got the content. And I think, I think, Robert, you and I could finish up our thoughts on, like, if we were to write a book about writing, what do we want to write about? I've written down some ideas. You've written some ideas down. Let's finish up those ideas. Let's plug them into ChatGPT and let's have our book written. That's where I can, I want to see, let's use it like a microwave because we don't have time to labor over editing. And this, it does work well with, with editing. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty good as far as that goes. So that's going to save a lot of time right there. It's going to be a, in a learning experience. Uh, I'm, I'm, my skepticism is, is a healthy one. But I'm definitely wanting to explore this this tool, know what it's about, at least in, in its present iterations, the ones that we're allowed to see. And I showed you some other forms, which is one of them, I think it was B-E-R-E. -E. I, I, I sent you some some info, uh, kind of a big info dump. Um, but it's something that you need to be exposed to because we're, we're going to be all in the same weirdoverse, okay? It's hacking it, but hacking it with design, with intention to uh, create something that could be useful for other people, for ourselves, really. If it's not yeah. useful for me, I don't want it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and it's like I, I've got I've got up on screen here something that um, that it wrote for me. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah, so I I wrote. So let me give you just a little little chunk of what I wrote, and then what ChatGPT sure. wrote. I like to think of the writer as a reporter instead of a creative writer. The writer should not be making things up. This is probably the most common mistake. A writer wants to make up a plot or wants something to happen to a character or to give a character a specific arc without regard of who that character actually is or giving this character true life. The author should approach his story like a reporter who is given unlimited access to the subject of their reporting. He is the character's official biographer, allowed to interview the character whenever he wants. He could even follow him around, listen to the thoughts of their head. What a privilege a writer has when it comes to writing about a character. But the writer must have this sense of awe, of privilege, and not minimize his, this intimacy. A biographer never tells their subject what to think, never puts words in their mouth, should never hide ugly truth, should not simplify their subject's story. Above all, a biographer should be a good listener, a good observer, and separate themselves from their subject. That doesn't mean the writer doesn't have a voice, but that a writer's voice is not the dictator of the character's truth, but rather the narrator of it. So that's what I wrote that was kind of like a free write. 
um, reflection about writing that was going through my head that morning. And so then I plugged it into ChatGPT and let's see how it molded my thoughts and words. First of all, the title that it gave is totally wrong. Reporting, colon, a writer's role as biographer. It's not about reporting. This is about writing. Reporting is the metaphor. So anyways, here's, here's ChatGPT. The notion of the writer as a reporter transforms the act of storytelling into an investigative pursuit, shattering the illusion that fiction is about creating something from nothing. The writer's responsibility is to report, to uncover, and to document, not to mold characters into mere puppets performing preconceived acts. Imagine the writer as the official biographer of their characters, granted unlimited access to their lives. Just as a biographer seeks to capture the essence of their subject's life, a reporter or a writer immerses themselves in the character's world, documenting their thoughts, feelings, and experiences. This unique privilege of delving into the psyche of a character comes with the responsibility of objectivity and respect. The relationship between writer and character mirrors that of a biographer and their subject. Writers become listeners, observers, and interpreters, recognizing the intimacy of this connection. It's a two-way exchange. The character imparts their truth while the writer portrays it. The writer's voice acts as the narrator, faithfully recounting the character's experiences without imposing their own will. I think that I don't think that's bad because it, it maintained my essence. Like I gave it the content, and then it, it maintained the essence of a half-baked idea. Uh, it's not that it's not that it's not a good idea, but in, when we writers generalize, we generalize because we're exploring, right? It's it's we're always exploring. There's not one answer that we can come up with that's the answer to anything. We're always looking for a lot of we're we're, we're truth seekers, even though the truth is always beyond us. It's somewhere behind some veil that we cannot reach. Um, so what so, did you think of? What did you think of that though? The don't. The, the style. I exactly what I said. It, 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 if I were reading it, it didn't matter if it was a human or, or the, the person. It's not passable to me because philosophically it lacks that extra layer. So that's what I was even before we had started. Uh, Dan had you know you showed me a bit of this, and I was already you know fighting it just because I know that there's a. It felt like a film in there, just a thin veneer of just icing. That's it. So this is just icing around something big because. A writer in, 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 uh, or a, an artist, I want to just say artist or content creator, because people don't like saying artist because <laughs> you think artist is too much. Oh, he's got his, he's got his you know, face stuck up in his own uh, butt or something. But the thing is that if you're creating, if you're working with ideas, then you're probably an artist. Um, this does not show an artistic way of looking at things. It looks at, it's presenting a formulaic way of truth seeking. When it comes to characterization, when it comes to folklore, when it comes to things, it really is a very good uh, way. So in other words, what, what this thing is saying and what your idea is saying is interesting. It's interesting from a one mode. It's a mode that you can stick to, say, in one piece of writing. Mm. But could it be true of most things? Probably not. The, the truth yeah, is that... Well, but it's so the point here is that, that I was trying to make and that it no, was, I, and I got your point. I'm just arguing with you in the chat. No, but this is about writing too, is that so many people get so caught up on in, into plots and, and, and they, they just try to hack a story by coming up with a great plot. They're not artists. They're writing by the numbers. And that's, this is what I was trying to, you to, to, uh, you said something really wonderful 
in our last conversation and it was it had something to do and i wish i could paraphrase it uh, well enough but if you can remember it has something to do with the people that haven't built a certain level of expertise do you remember uh yeah you need a you need a yeah you need a certain level of competence otherwise you won't you can't use chat gpt it won't work um and if it you will produce exactly what you're doing yeah it'll give you yeah, are you just a factory worker yeah you can hey can, i mean some of the people that can come into this this is not to say okay you're not part of the conversation we all started very humbly you know uh, i'm i'm willing to show what i've written I feel confident, uh, confident about it. It's got a lot of imperfections, and I like those imperfections. I build imperfection into my work, as Dan is very frustrated about when I do it, because we have different styles. Um, but I do it because only I could do those imperfections. They're a part of my, my thing. I'm very deliberate about those things. An, an AI tool would not be able to replicate something like that. It might be able to do a mimicry of it, but not on its own, not without, getting a, you know, not without being a, cop, a parrot, basically. Uh, but we're not fighting with the AI because it's not a fight that we can win. It's never going to be a fight. In fact, oh, we've yeah. already lost that fight. No, it's like what was uh, that? One of those articles that we read um, talked about how you know AI will be able to at some point design an engine for whatever purpose in mere seconds, whereas before it took a whole team of scientists, maybe many months to do that. So in some ways you can't compete. The way how quickly it generates a writing, like, please give me a report on this. It's like, boom, it's done. So you can't compete with that. So this is where um, I think we're going to realize in our little journey here in this podcast and with our our writing uh, challenge here is that some things you can hack, some things you cannot. You can't hack being an artist, like an artist. Exactly. And but this is. But, a, but then, it's almost like it's forced our hands. See, this is why I'm like, why I like calling this show "Hacking It," and that's because because the sta- the the chips are so stacked against us, we have no other choice. And that's maybe a premise that I'm wrong about, and we'll find out. But to try to do the same thing let's see if we can hack this thing and use it for our purposes that's the that's the gimmick here and that's just one of the veins that we're exploring like you said earlier we're going to be doing it in a traditional way we're going to be trying to reach out to other people and and what and, and that'll enrich us but you know I, I please keep going with what your next thought was in terms of of the future of uh, i guess of writing well you know this is also a question of, so, of- postmodern view of art and meaning and language. So the postmodern view of, of language and truth and meaning is that words derive their meaning from their relationship with each other, that one word is not the other word, and there is no truth. And if that is true, uh, AI is now the perfect expression of postmodernism. And Thus, there should be, I mean, it should be a perfect replacement of the writer because there's no truth, there's no meaning, there's only word association. So this is going to prove now, now we get to prove that Post, postmodernism is not even really a it's not even really a set form of philosophy. It's it's really a a, a reaction to structuralism, post-structure, the reactionary well, is that, yeah. Form yeah, it's it. deconstruction. It's a deconstruction of meaning to to show that, that yeah. That it's that language is insular and, and that each 
culture has its own insular meanings. But anyways, we're we're, we're going to so we're storytellers. Let's just get, let's get out with this. We are storytellers, and everything is a story. I've been saying this for a long time. Maybe you have too. Everything's a story. If, if I want to know about a star, a star formation, that's a story, right? There are events that led to certain things. There's mysteries. There's a plot. There's a logic, and there's also something that's mysterious and enigmatic about that process. Everything is a story. And so it's no wonder to me that we are storytellers. And that's what people you know, are going to be doing. There are people who, for whom uh, this is not natural, this is not even an inclination to be a storyteller, to be a writer, to be an artist of any kind. It's not something, but they're going to be able to play with these tools and get the illusion. They're going to get the microwave product, like you said, the popcorn. They're going to get the fan fiction that's going to be spruced up. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's fine to play with, with these things. Um, but yeah. I want to ask a, a question. Since we, we have, you know, you and I have been talking and thinking about these things for over 30 years, for a long time. It's, it's kind of amazing. So I want, to, I want to ask, you know, or share, you know, where we've been so far and what we've learned. You know, where have you been narratively? What, how could you describe yourself? Um, well, I, I feel like uh, that, you know, for for many years, I, I struggled with, you know, just being separating art, you know, like focus so much on being an artist versus a storyteller. Now I just want to be a storyteller because, and I told you that college almost ruined me as far as... <laughs> Yeah, because it, it just yeah. me overly self-conscious of the writing craft versus just yeah. using the writing craft as the medium for storytelling. And that's, I think, what ultimately Somehow you and I diverge in that because uh, I remember you writing such beautiful, clear, not that you don't know, do now, but I just I, I doubt that you write literary essays uh, in, your, in your free time. Uh, maybe you do. Um, but you wrote such beautiful literary criticism um, that was inc not only just elegant and beautiful prose. You paid a lot of attention. People don't know that you could not have asked even even today's chat GPT couldn't do it. Couldn't do what you are, what you did back in in the day as a constant. Now, I can tell you that I can tell anybody that it's not going to do it because Dan had his own style of writing essays that was very unique. It was um, it was also it was, not, it was it wasn't just covering all the points that you need in terms of rhetoric, logic, structure, and all of that stuff. But it was bringing a kind of uh, self-possession into it, a kind of exploration into it that was deeply personal, even though it was objective. So somehow along the line, uh, you have identified that for some reason you created this narrative that that's what ruined you. I disagree, but I think we'll, we'll find out. Uh, I think that for me, I was able to compartmentalize those uh, those experiences in a very different way than than you did, um, and I still do. And I think it's important that even as we get into this project, this is what we're doing in front of everybody. We're basically talking about the elephant in the room all the time. We're talking about our process. We're talking about who we are uh, and how we do things. The analogy of the reporter or archaeologist or someone uncovering characters. That's one mode we can we can explore. We can debunk it. We can see how it works. But there are many other different ways. This this podcast is our means and our conduit to just 
kind of opening everything up, looking under the trunk and sharing that with everybody. That's what I want to do. But I think that you could probably look at it in a different way. What I was looking for, you've told me that before. I was looking for is what are those things that drove you to narrative that you can remember at some at early stages at, at in your teens, in your early adulthood now? Um, it was probably the first books I really got into were the Chronicles yeah. of Narnia. Yeah. And, and they just captured my imagination. I got so into those books, like it just stirred me and then you know the the okay. classic like like the, the classics like uh like the count of monte cristo oh yeah you know they just absorbed me and um, just had a passion for the classics they just stirred my soul and uh and then i just realized that i liked to write and that how did you come I, how did you come into these books did you just find them or did you well just i was library uh, or something this, just because they were like had to do a book report in like fifth grade. And then my mom told me about, you know, C.S. Lewis, Christian writer, and mm -hmm. that these were great books. And so I just that that's how I got into them. And um, yeah, that, that's it. And then I just it's like at that point, I just knew I wanted to be a writer um, and I wanted to write fantasy. That was my thing for a long time. And then, <laughs> then I got to, I don't know, try to write c.s lewis type type of I stuff i remember that in the college years or a little bit outside of college maybe in the early you know i don't know how old we were but i i know that you were really trying to incorporate magical realism into it. you you wrote you wrote you read a lot of good uh, literature in college i wish you would have kept your books because i really need those titles but um but i know that that was one of the very it was a very influential um aspect for you a very influential type of literature for you or movement technique which was magical realism I remember that. Um, and now, and then there was like a big gap um, between then and now in which, you know, like I, like I think life kind of took over. Um, for me, uh, it was a process similar to you, even though I, I grew up with a grandmother that really um, just was always telling me stories, uh, legends. Uh, my grandfather would also tell me about Odysseus and the Iliad. I grew up with these things as just integral to my childhood, really. And so the idea of writing was seated in me very early on. And the only person that I've ever met uh, that has the same thing happen to him is you, really. I, I've known it doesn't matter when it happens, I guess, but it's interesting that it happens or when it happens so early. And you can see it in your own children. I think you have a child that's really creative, uh, more so than the others, I think. Um, they're all creative, I think. But it's just interesting how these things happen. And... The reason I'm talking about that is because in, in sort of wrapping a little bit of our, of our podcast here is because where we've been really is important to where we're going to go, where we think we're going to go. Um, and for me, where I want to go is is going to look a little bit like a, <laughs> I think it's going to look a little bit dystopian kind of a landscape, even, even though I think that... Um, that we can do a lot with these new tools. I think that the publishing industry, I think that the you know artists, I just read an article about uh, a new software called Glaze, which prevents um, the current version of the these this peeping Tom um, software called OpenAI to grab things and appropriate them. And that's not correct. One thing is for a human, that's why I asked you those questions, to look and to be moved from, say, childhood into 
to internalize these stories, to have them change you. But another, quite a different thing is to just take somebody's stuff and then use it and use it as your own. That, that, that is, that's stealing. That's not growing. Uh, artists are all about sharing things. That's what they do. They always lose. They always lose because people are always taking things from them. But I say the writer's strike uh, puts, a, like I said, a focal point. It, it's at a crux where we want to know, okay, yes, we want to create, but we also want a future in this. We want a livelihood in this. Isn't that what you want, Dan? Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be able to make some money off of it. I mean, I, I mean, to be able to write as a, as, as, as a profession would be a dream. And I think that's every writer's dream, but um, it, that, that just doesn't come overnight and it just doesn't happen because you want it to happen. It comes from a lot of hard work. And I think the one thing that you can't hack, as I was kind of telling you before, is you cannot hack the time that you put into your writing. Mm. But if you put the time into your writing, the dedication, and there's just no, there's just no shortcuts to time. Like you've got to put the time in, but once you've put, you know, they, they put, there's that study done that says to, to master a skill, any skill takes what about 10,000 hours. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I don't know. And I think with writing, it depends on the person for some, it might be, thousand hours, 2000 hours, maybe 20,000 hours, who knows what that is. But once you've gotten to that point where you've kind of reached some level of mastery, then, then it's like writing is then, then writing is a hack. You found the biggest hack of all. You love this relationship that you've made. I love this relationship that you've made between hacking it, which is what we're starting is our idea um, just to kind of a, a defense mechanism in the new landscape that we're trying to figure out. It's like, we're, coming out of a bunker in a post-apocalyptic world and trying to figure out what this map looks like or create a map and and try to survive. It's really what it is. And then marrying this idea of mastery because um, there are a lot of cultures in which Americans used to be one of those cultures in which if you found something made in America, it was damn good. Okay, that went from not only cars, but everything. Everything was in this idea of craftsmanship, of true interaction with your medium. So from hacking it to mastery, that's what we're about, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I w- let's let's see what we can do this week. We've got a bunch of notes. Let's 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 use AI to put them into chapters, and um, let's actually have some chapters by the next time we we talk. This is what I want us to be doing. It's really just always examining um, everything deliberately, taking everything inside out, uh, and just put it right on the embarrassingly right on the operating table. (laughs) Let's do that. And let's, let's make a goal. Like let's within a month, let's have, if we're, if we're going to use artificial intelligence as a real hack, uh, let's have a book. Let's have a book written in a month. We're going to have a book. We're going to have a book. And then the next month (laughs) we get get published, self-published, I think. uh, And, and we, we have a goal of making, I don't know, we make a hundred dollars in a month on and be called professional. Let's talk about that. What's that? I you know I'm whatever. I mean, we'll figure out. We'll, we'll definitely have a product that's that's feels polished that I predict, uh, even though I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I let me, I won't say predict. I'm gonna ask myself these questions How will this tool 
help us? How much can we share that will be useful to people that are in the same boat as us who are trying to be creative? And number three, how much of it actually do we end up retrofitting into, a, you know, into what we can be satisfied with? Now, how much actually, how much more time did we actually spend patching this thing, thing up? Because it's what it might end up. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to find out. All right, cool. All right. All right, good discussion, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Okay. Don't miss the next episode of Hacking It when Rob and I put ChatGPT to the test as we feeded our notes on writing for our co-authored book. Is it good? Is it good enough for you to buy? We'll also talk about the latest on the Hollywood strike, newest headlines about AI, and the next steps in our journey to hack it until we make it. See you then.